And so that first night, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks, obviously that, you know, this, this event that has been in my future forever (laughs) is just like that. Done, gone, finished. And I am gutted. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not so average runners. And they're off. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Excellent. What's happening in the world of Gotta Run Racing? Rainbow Trail Run. That's what I want to talk about today. Okay. This race has been postponed for two years Mm -hmm. due to COVID, and we're finally getting her done. The plan is to get her done this August. I'm really looking forward to this one because it's going to be in a cool campground where you can stay overnight. You can get 12... A one loop up to 14 loops, 12K each loop. Uh, it's going to be a real... It's going to be fun. Party, party in the campground. <laughs> we think that Earl Rowe is a hidden gem. Yeah. We really enjoyed exploring the trails there, and I think we have a nice course set up for everybody. Yeah. Can't wait to get that going. We got some cool swag yeah. in the works. Mm-hmm. And who's coming up on the podcast? So today we have our very first repeat guest. We chatted with her for almost a year ago. That's right. And she, her name is Stephanie Maggs. <laughs> Stephanie Maggs. Our local runner friend, Stephanie Maggs, from just up the road in Hockley. She was on her way to completing her seventh continent marathon to get into the seventh continent club. In 2020. In 2020. Her last one was Antarctica and... Dun, dun, dun. She finally made the journey and just got back. So we're going to now update you guys on her, her journey, I guess. Yeah, I was following along on Facebook. So uh-huh. there's a lot of drama to be told. A lot of drama. Yeah, Stephanie Maggs coming up. Welcome back to the podcast, Stephanie Maggs. You're our first repeat guest. Woohoo! Thank you. <laughs> Thanks this is, for this having me. This is going to be the conclusion of our first podcast with you, our first chat back in, when was that? March of 21. Wow. It's almost a year. Yep. That's right. So when we spoke to you back in March, you already knew that your Antarctica Continental Marathon was postponed until 2022, Mm -hmm. right? So that was... A lot of disappointment, I'm sure, and apprehension at the thought of having to go through yet another year of thinking about training for that and traveling for that. And what were you feeling when, when you heard that the 21 version was postponed? They actually canceled the 21 pretty early. Um, if you remember in 2020, I had two days notice yes. <laughs> before it got canceled. 21, I think they probably canceled like in November. Like I, I hadn't really even started training yet. Mm. So I certainly appreciated that because right. especially now, like with, with Omicron that came up for 22, you know, you're, you're doing these like 30 K runs and you're thinking, man, if you're going to cancel, do it before the weekend. Cause then I don't have to do that run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. But before we get into Antarctica, let's just briefly recap for our listeners. We've already encouraged them to listen to the first episode so that this episode makes sense. But let's just do a brief recap of where you completed your first six continents, what races and what locations, I guess you could say. So what was your first? Okay. So my first was actually the Mickey Mouse marathon in 2009 it was actually the goofy so for my first marathon i decided to run a half the day before (laughs) um and i've since become a dopey runner so (laughs) which is doing all four races so um so disney was my first Mm -hmm. then in uh again in 2009 i did athens so at the end end of the year so disney's in january athens was November. Okay. And then what came next? I think Rio de Janeiro came next in 2012. Okay. Then the Great Wall of China in 2015. Mm -hmm. 
the Gold Coast in Australia, 2016. Uganda was 2019. Okay. And then... That brought us to nothing but Antarctica left. Now, was that, was the doing all seven on your radar as soon as you signed up for Disney or did that come after Disney? I think, I don't actually remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure after I did Athens, I thought, oh, I've done two continents. And then of course, (laughs) I want to go. Once that that goes in your head, (laughs) it's like only five to go. That's such a runner statement. You know, you're a runner when. <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. a long journey too. So I guess 12 years since you started, right? 2019. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. kills me. Some people do it in one year. Yeah. I wonder if it's easier. Like the just majors to get... in one. So like, yeah. Just to get it over with. Right. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. I suppose. Tell us about your uh, fundraising efforts for Team Diabetes again, how all that started before we get on to the uh, final one. Yeah, so it was just kind of dumb luck. Things just kind of fell together. My kid's dad was diagnosed with diabetes in, I guess, 2004, 2005. Actually, no, probably 2004. Um, He was also an alcoholic. Can't really mix type one diabetes and alcoholism. So unfortunately he, he could have had the opportunity to change his life. <laughs> I unfortunately did not. So he was dead within a year of wow. the diagnosis. Wow. There was an announcement in our work communique about team diabetes uh, running in Disney and it just kind of fell into place. But you, you achieved quite a milestone over the course of, uh, fundraising for this last race. If you want to take a moment and, and I'm not going to say brag, but declare what you achieve because it's pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I am happy to say I had like big goals and secondary goals and whatever. So I always had it in my head that I wanted a lifetime amount of a hundred thousand. Cause it's just mm-hmm. a nice round number. I wanted to run all seven continents with team diabetes you know, check, check. So I'm, I'm very happy to, to uh, say I, I've done that. Woohoo! Insert clapping noise. <laughs> so you raised a hundred thousand dollars for team diabetes. Wow. That's incredible. It is incredible. Yeah. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears on your part. <laughs> and cakes and candles. <laughs> cakes and candles. Yes, yes, cakes yes, and yes. Candles. <laughs> Did you meet any team diabetes folks? Like, did you plan to go to Antarctica with any of those folks that you met through the, the team or was this? Yeah, actually there was originally for 2020, there were two other team diabetes alumni going. So and you, felt that, you felt that this was a go anyway, that they're not, they're not going to cancel again. Or did you think that was still a possibility that they could cancel again? Oh, I definitely thought it was a possibility. Mm. Yeah. I assume that you thought going in that you had you prepared as well as you could because at least you could at least you had the cold. Yeah. At least you yeah. had the cold, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and like they do um Marathon Tours does this um conference call that they record and I would listen to it at the start of every long run. Even some of my short runs I'd listen to it. And you know, he said there's no pavement, so don't train on pavement. Mm. You're you're gonna go through potentially four different weather conditions in the same race like you can be having sunshine and then a blizzard and wind wind is always there for sure but yeah you you really don't know until you get there what it's going to be wow that's that's challenging for sure so going into this race did you when you finally said okay this is a go you felt prepared physically i i definitely thought i had it I, I would be fine. And you're, you know what? You can always walk, right? <laughs> and it's the same amount of time to finish, right? You still have six and a half hours. Is that right? In this particular race? Yeah. yeah? They're not changing the rules that way. <laughs> nope. That's oh. good. All right. Let's lead up to getting on the airplane. What, what did you have to do? Cause now your husband's joining you. He wasn't orig- originally going to join you. So you're both going to Antarctica. Yeah. 
he was going to run the half. You were going to do the full, right? Yeah. So what did you have to do to get on the airplane? You know, we had to balance the 72 hours for Argentina with the day before for the States. But uh, in two, at two in the morning, I saw the results had come oh. to us. We were both negative. Fine. We've got our COVID insurance, got our negative results. We're good to go. So okay. really January 19th was the day we left. Okay. And you flew via the States directly to Buenos Aires, direct? It was supposed to be. Okay. Here's <laughs> so the first uh, hiccup. <laughs> we, we arrived in Miami and it was maybe nine o'clock at night. And we were to get the 11 p.m. flight to Buenos Aires. Okay. It was canceled. Wow. <laughs> till 9 a.m. the next day. Oh. I'm not sure if we've ever flown with American before. The reason why Andrew was doing the half was because he kind of hurt his ankle, some chronic, typical runner in- injury. So he had dropped down from the marathon to the half. Mm-hmm. And I'm obliged to close my watch ring. So I was going to walk the airport to get my, my circle closed. So <laughs> walking and like Miami is a huge airport and I'm probably as far away from Andrew as I can possibly be right. when he texts me and says, um, America is giving us a hotel, but we have to catch a bus to get, cause the last bus is at 10 o'clock. And by now it's kind of nine 30. <laughs> so I'm, Hustle back to him and we caught the bus. We were the only ones in the bus. <laughs> Got to the, the hotel. They had given us $12 or something in food vouchers. <laughs> Nothing was open. So the hotel had like lean cuisines. Oh. <laughs> so we, we dined on lean cuisines <laughs> and Hagen Dawes ice cream. So we feasted. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day, so at least we had a night's sleep. So yeah, kind of advantages to that delay. We lost our day in Buenos Aires, but we had a good night's sleep. Right. And how long did you get in Buenos Aires before you went on to the next? So we, we kind of had the extra little bit of a day, but generally speaking, you would, uh, you would travel from your home country on the Thursday to arrive on the Friday and on that Monday was when we had the charter to Ishwaya. Okay. So we had a little bit of extra time we you know, just the night before. Mm-hmm. How far is the flight from Buenos Aires to Ishwaya, which is the southernmost point of um, South America, right? Yeah. And it's still Argentina, unfortunately. Uh, it was probably a good three and a half hours. Like it's, wow. it's a fair distance. Huh. Yeah. That's, Argentina that's like is a very to... long country. It must be long because that's like flying to uh, Calgary, isn't it? Well, Calgary's four hours, but yeah, it's pretty long. Close. Hmm. Or Disney. Like that's, it was, it was like the equivalent of Miami's flight. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what was Ushuaia like? When we arrived there, we were kept in our bubble. So of course in Buenos Aires, actually even backing up, even before anyone got to Buenos Aires. People had already tested positive because they didn't pass their PCR test just to leave their country. Wow. Whoa. So two people already done. And then in Buenos Aires, I think we had, because again, we had to be uh, tested in Buenos Aires. Mm-hmm. Um, was it just two? I think it was just two or maybe four people who tested positive. So they had to quarantine in Buenos Aires. Okay. And we got to Ishwaya. So, of course, we're all kind of in a bubble. And for the first voyage, they had three different flights available to go to Ishwa. And again, these decisions I made a year ago (laughs) (laughs) didn't make much sense in love another kind of episode of the virus. So I had chosen to go on the 4.30 a.m. flight because I wanted the full day in Ishwaya. Right. You know, there's the... um, uh, Tierra del Fuego and you know like there's a whole shopping strip in Ishwaya you know I wanted to pick up a few bottles of wine for the ship <laughs> things like that the important things right um, but no they kept us in a bubble and so at early flight they actually chartered a tour 
that, you know, we kind of just were all on the bus. We all had to take it and mm. nobody allowed to kind of wander around. Right. Mm. Oh, that's so, I mean, I get it. Yeah. I mean, safety first. Exactly. We, so this is the Monday and we, we get to the ship and we're all very excited. And it's the first time we hear they have to quarantine for 72 hours on the, on the boat. Like for the first day, two days and a half. Yeah. First time. Like we're all like, did you know about this? No, I didn't know about this. So, okay, fine. Now walk up the plank. What's the boat? The boat's not a cruise ship. It, well, it's not a huge ship. Okay. But back in the day, like the money I paid was for two uh, Russian scientific ships that had like the, the steel bunk beds, the shared toilets, like it was, I mean, that's what they had for years. Right. The Russians pulled out their two ships in, I think it was 21. They found out that they were no longer available for this tour. Okay. Then they went with another one victory or something, some uh, business in Vancouver that went out of business. (laughs) Then I think they had another ship somewhere in between that, you know, that fell through. And then finally, the fourth ship they ended up with, they collaborated with Albus Tours. The Ocean Victory was beyond amazing. Oh, good. But it's certainly not a cruise, like a a floating apartment building cruise. Right. It only has a capacity of about 200. Mm. So, you know, there were maybe seven levels to it. But super nice. Food was amazing. Like... It was certainly a few steps up from the, the Russian ships. <laughs> how many people? How many people were on this boat to do this marathon? So I think there's there's only 170. And this is it. There's nobody waiting in Antarctica to do the marathon. This is the one ship that comes in and one ship that leaves. Or was there another ship that came yeah. in with people? Yeah. The thing is, they have to keep it at a certain level, uh, a certain amount, because of all the Antarctica treaties. So you can only have a hundred people on land at a time. Okay. So that's why traditionally with the two ships, they would have basically two voyages. So they would have oh, one yeah. ship do their race and the other ship would do it the next day. And it didn't matter. Like if you had a, a blizzard for your marathon and you did a, you, you did an amazing four hours, but then the next day, the other ship had sunshine and blue skies and some, hack did a 350 he wins because it's all right. combined together the results okay. the I, remember, I remember so. you said that last time yeah. so yeah that you show up and you're surprised with a 72 hour quarantine and that obviously was because there were more people that tested positive i assume they just wanted those few extra days so every day you're tested and then every day they announce, okay, we've had two more cases because we were still getting cases. Right. So in total, I think for the first voyage, I, and I'm, I'm guessing, but I, I think there was about 12 people. So whether it was because they tested positive or they had close contact that were unable to run the race. Now, oh. did that affect so, you? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're picking up what we're laying down, Listen up. After two years of virtual, our Rainbow Trail Run is going live for the first time. The trails at Earl Rowe Provincial Park in Allison have been a well-kept secret until now. We've crafted a scenic 12K loop featuring mostly double-track trail that will show off all of the best views this park has to offer. Join us August 6th and 7th for one, two, four, eight, or 14 loops. We'll leave the math up to you. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now, if Jody and Norm were a celebrity couple, would their name be Jorman or Nodi? Anyways, back to the show. Let me think. Hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I kind of knew the answer. I just had to phrase it. That yes, way. indeed. Ah, <laughs> oh, shucks. We're sailing the Drake. They said it was the the Drake Lake. I was violently ill because you've got three oceans merged together, which makes the Drake Passage the worst passage in the world. Oh, I 
I can verify that as a true statement. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. you're stuck in your cabin yeah. and they're bringing you meals. And did you have a, a decent sized porthole that you could see out? We actually had this, oh gosh, it was what? Seven by four foot window that oh, okay. actually down. Oh. oh, so it was, you know, we've got some great pictures from our cabin. <laughs> <laughs> I was only in that room for three days. So, boom, boom, boom. Where's she going with this? <laughs> so, for the seasickness, I, I didn't know I was going to be seasick because I've been on a, on a, like, a, in Australia, I was on a ship for a couple of days on the, on the ocean at the Great Barrier Reef. Right. I was completely fine. I really didn't think it was going to be an issue. So anyways, I had a full 24 hours where I was literally in bed. I, I just oh. had my eyes closed, wet face cloth over me. I could keep smelling all this food that Andrew kept ordering and eating. And <laughs> you know, occasionally we'd try to get fruit in me. Nope. Eventually, I did get the gravel in me and I got into a, a schedule of every four hours taking the two. Yeah. So that by the second day, so by the Tuesday, sorry, by the Wednesday, the Monday, the first night when you're in the, the Beagle Channel, it's pretty calm. Mm. I was thinking, yeah, this is cool. But then uh, I guess that you're in the Beagle Channel maybe six hours. And then you're basically a day and a half on the Drake. So as we hit the Drake, I was sick. As soon as we kind of got out of the Drake, I got better. <laughs> so <laughs> the Drake really is off. So it was finally the Wednesday so that we were told even though we've had a few cases they were still pretty confident in their system and that after lunch on the Wednesday we were finished our isolation okay so yay so for the we had our lunch we got out and we had to immediately do this bio biosecurity so you had to take anything that was going on the land so I had to bring my tutu, my running jacket, anything that was the outer layer. Mm -hmm. And you literally had to vacuum all the Velcro. You had to just make sure there was no seeds, no nothing wow. um, alien to Antarctica hmm. because it, it, it is such protected land. And they certainly take it seriously wow. as they should. Sure. So we did all that. We got dinner that night in the dining room, you know. It was going to be a great trip. We were out. Oh, dun, dun, I'm hearing a butt coming. Andrew hearing a butt. getting a, a sore throat. Andrew <laughs> started. Okay. When you're traveling, you know, stuff like that happens. And, and especially if you're always testing, your mind's going to say, hey, why don't we give her a little sore throat so she just freaks out over that, you know? So, I, and we were negative. Every day we were negative. So I, I, I took comfort in that. Right. So... That night, he got worse and worse and worse. Apparently, he was like, coughing all night. He was up all night. He had a fever, wow. body aches. Like uh, uh, he described it as razor blades in his throat. Oh. So by the next morning, like he was so bad. And believe me, Andrew does not go to the doctors ever. Yeah. He said, I think you need to phone the doctor. <gasps> he was so bad. Calling the doctor. Of course, they said, you know, just in your room, the doctor comes, you know, examines him. Um, he, he said, oh, uh, a temperature of 39. Yeah, it's probably not COVID. It's too high to be COVID. He was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, an hour later, we, we got the call that, yep, Andrew was positive. Oh, um, my gosh. He was in quarantine and I was a close contact and I was quarantined. No race for either of us. You, oh my god! Did you guys have to separate at that point? Separate two. I didn't even know they were going to do that. Yeah, I didn't know. I had was clueless that they were going to do that. And then I get a phone call from Nadine. They actually had a a, a COVID coordinator for the ship. Like oh that was her gosh. job, just managing all the testing, all oh. the everything that comes with COVID. But again, we saw so many ships that were just sitting in the middle of the, the Beagle channel because they just weren't running. Mm. Like they, they couldn't dock because they couldn't take up the space there, but they basically were just abandoned ships waiting for COVID to pass. And Albatross is one of the very few companies that were 
actually running their events, hmm. but they certainly had very strict protocols and had like a COVID coordinator to manage right. it all. So, all right. So, so the, yeah, news, I mean, it's, the news comes down and what are you thinking? You must have been absolutely gutted. So, so therefore you cannot I get off the ship. You cannot get off the ship. No, we can't get out of our room. Wow. In fact, so, so later that day, um, Nadine phoned me and said, okay, we're, we're going to be quarantining you in a different room. And I'm like, what, what, what? Yeah. And she was like, well, if you test positive three days after Andrew with being an- with Andrew, then your quarantine numbers are going to be different. You're going to have to stay in the shui longer. Mm. You know, so like it just uh, to be proactive, they yeah. separate you. Right. Now I'm on a different floor on the other side of the ship <laughs> and Andrew's in 710. I'm in 407. He's in 710. Aww. And so that first night, like it just hit me like a ton of bricks, obviously that, you know, this, this event that has been in my future forever <laughs> is just like that done, gone, finished. Oh, man. And I am gutted. So I'm like, I'm in bed. I'm, I'm watching all these movies and crying in between. I tell people I was so low. I watched Charlie's angels, the one with Kristen Stewart. That's how oh, wow. low I was feeling. Whoa, 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 okay. Whoa, whoa. Right didn't right i've never been that low before Yeah. (laughs) Mm. right yeah now were you able to talk to andrew on the phone was there a phone in the cabin yep yeah oh and he was feeling and even like he was he was still really really sick and like nobody really reaching out to see if he's okay (laughs) once you tested positive you don't need to test anymore right so there was no more tests for him right yeah, like I obviously I talk to him all the time. And then later in the week, some of the the, the folks started kind of proactively, proactively saying, hey, you okay? Mm. Sorry, you obviously did not test positive. You were tested each Never. day. Negative. Wow. And Isn't I mean, that crazy? I was right beside him with him coughing all over the place, apparently. And I never once tested positive. But I mean, oh my gosh, how stressful is that? Knowing, okay. Yeah. I was sleeping with this guy at any point. It's going to, ha- it has to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they keep saying that, you know, there could be a 14 day quarantine or um, incubation period. Oh, so it's like, man. okay, well, when is this going to happen? Like, obviously it's going to happen. Right. But I never did. And with the quarantine people, you always knew which, um, which cabin was quarantined because they, they would put a little table <laughs> in front of your door so that your food could just be left on the table and you don't have to, put through in in danger of being infected right I even found too like occasionally like I'd be I'd open the door to get food or do whatever and someone would be walking by and I I kind of felt like I'm negative I'm negative (laughs) (laughs) don't worry don't be afraid don't run away (laughs) but if every time someone's tested positive does that delay the entire race nobody can get off the ship well no what's gonna what would happen so for the people who say tested positive like pretty much at the end of the cruise, they would have to quarantine. And then when they were finished, because it was documented that they were quarant- uh, that they were positive, they would kind of transport those people off the ship. So when, when I got moved to 407, mm-hmm. prior to that, there was an announcement all over the ship saying, attention passengers, we will be transporting quarantined passengers we asked that you either be on deck five, which was the kind of the, where the restaurant was yeah. or stay in your cabins for the next 20 minutes. So I'm just like, I'm like, I'm some sort of pariah, you know, and I had to put my luggage out prior to so that they could spray it down. The route I took to my new room was all sanitized afterwards because then they would come on the, the uh, announcement and say, okay, guess, thank you. The elevators have been sanitized. The hallways have been like, like I was like some dirty, dirty person. <laughs> now, okay. I just want to figure out where we are in the timeline. You're in your own cabin. When is the first race being sent off? So that race was, it was the first day of my novel. <laughs> um, it was the Friday, I believe. So that would have been January January 26th. Are you hearing <laughs> and watching 
your fellow runners oh, get yeah. off the boat and, and it is here. blue sky <laughs> sunshine like that's my first paragraph it is my favorite type of running in the winter yeah and you get to see all the zodiacs and gosh if you look at the window those bastards will wave at you and it's like <laughs> <laughs> oh no Oh, oh God! Sorry, they're not bastards. They were lovely <laughs> guests, every one of us. But, but you know, you're you're feeling kind of sour grapey at this point. So yeah, fortunately, I was writing my novel on race day, and truly, I am so glad I thought to do it and to preoccupy uh, preoccupy myself because, man, I have no idea how I would have handled it if I was just. No. Okay. I'm still confused. So these people get off the ship to do the race, half the ship. Is that what I'm saying? And then when they're finished, so how, they go back how it on happens? The ship? Yeah. All the half marathoners and the slowest mar- full marathoners started at 7 a.m. Eight per zodiac. Get into these little zodiacs. They take you to land. There's no aid stations. Uh, so you have mm. to bring your own everything. Okay. You can't have your cliff bar in the package because they don't want to risk having a package fly away because it's windy there. Yep. So you actually had to cut up your stuff and have it in your pocket bare. If you were a gel user, you had to have one of those little bottles and just empty all your gels into the <laughs> bottle because there was zero tolerance to any packaging, anything like that. For the, uh, it was the same route for both races, so I can talk about that. So their race and ours, the Chinese have stopped talking to people on Antarctica. They've blocked their their roadway. They they're isolating. They don't want to hear or see anyone. Traditionally, they would have four stations that you would run between. That's their perfect scenario. Mm-hmm. They have uh, the Russian, the China, the Uruguay, and the Chile science stations on that part of the island. Okay, for both races they just basically ran from the russian to the uruguay six times for the full three times for the half okay okay uh, just backtracking now at what point did you know you had a glimmer of hope to get to run the second day last day of the ra- of the cruise last day of the cruise so you you find out on the very last day that you're going to get to run and i assume at this point you've already planned to send Andrew home. Well, he didn't want to stay. Um, Andrew was sick still. He didn't, oh. you know, he tried um, running in us in the spot for like five minutes and he was completely breathless. You know, he wasn't in a position to run anyways. And then plus, I'm not sure because he was positive. I'm not really sure what their policy would be on that. Mm. Right. But how he was heard- he- how was he able to get home then? If yeah. he's positive, how was he able to fly? Because of the seven-day quarantine. Okay. So it had been a... Yeah. So had... he had a doctor's note. from The ship doctor had a certified letter stating that he had symptoms on the 25th because the doctor had said in his documentation that there's no way this happened on this day. Like, <laughs> you're, you're full-blown symptoms. Yeah. So he had documented... so. The way the quarantine works, it's from symptom or um, positive testing. Okay. So because he, we could backtrack it that one day, mm-hmm. he didn't have to quarantine in Ishwaya because had it been the date of testing, he would have had to cancel his flight, spend one day in Ishwaya quarantined, and then go home. Right. Well, thank goodness. But then that's a whole other thing too, so... The second voyage, having heard about, because I think in total we had about 12 cases of quarantine people, the lead marathon tours guy on on the first voyage was in communication with this guy in Buenos Aires because they're kind of going back to back Mm -hmm. saying, look, you tell these people to stop messing around, like stop taking chances, keep washing your hands, like don't take risks because now we're at 12 on our ship. Jeff was the uh, is the owner of Marathon Tours, and he was the second voyage lead. So he just kind of read them the riot act. So they did have two cases in Buenos Aires, mm. and that's basically how 
me and one other guy got a, a, a spot on the second wow. date because two wow. people weren't coming. That's the only reason. Are yeah. you serious? So like on the second last day of the race, when, when this idea came up, and I mean, for Carl, the other guy, like you think I have it bad? On the first voyage, he had requested a single room. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they there was miscommunication. They had him roomed with a guy. And in the one hour it took to resolve his room and get Carl into his private room like he had asked, that other guy tested positive and they nabbed Carl being close contact. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he was definitely a case where, yes, they were prepared to give him a second voyage. And then I guess because, again, I was negative the whole time. Mm -hmm. It wasn't me. It was my seventh continent. Like, I guess all these things. And I was very early in the voyage that my quarantine was done because for close contact, it's only a five-day quarantine. Right. So the last day of the ship, I was set free. But of course, I didn't know anyone yet from this voyage. So it was just like, <laughs> I don't know anyone. Aww. Okay. I'm sure you made so, friends. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about some good news. <laughs> you, yeah. uh, you actually stepped on the uh, continent. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it was the day of the race was my first time off the ship since January 24th. And yes, I got to step on land. <laughs> that was 13 days? 13 days? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So how was that feeling yeah. like? Ah, not the ad guy again. Well, listen closely. You're going to want to hear this one. We're back for our 10th and final year of the Chase the Coyote Trail Race. That's right, folks. It's your last chance to chase that coyote. If you've always wanted to tackle Cardiac Hill, climb the 64 Steps to Ruin, or navigate the roots of all evil, this will be your last chance. We've even added two more K to the 14K route to give you a chance to see more of Mono Cliffs Provincial Park. Registration is now open for the 50, 25, and 16K races at gotterunracing.com. Now back to the show o what was that feeling like finally in hindsight you know at the time you don't know these things but certainly now looking back I was probably really in my head like I was Mm. really overwhelmed and I mean let's face it a lot of stuff had happened on the (laughs) ship that I hadn't expected yeah but I think a combination between it was so many years in the making yeah and I was finally doing this and I was probably not as I usually am for another race. Right. Also, I was at the one o'clock running mm. and I couldn't get out of it. And I, I didn't have access to porridge. I had access to lunch and mm. my nutrition just wasn't there. Yeah. And the, the, the course is very much, it's on an incline the whole way. <sighs> And on probably one of the first puddles I jumped over on the very first lap, I landed funny. And I just had this jolt of pain run up <sighs> my foot. Like, like I was at the time, I thought it was my ankle. But in hindsight, I think it was more the foot that kind of was running up the leg mm-hmm. through the ankle. It was a kind of a nervy pain. And I have nervy issues. So it kind of worried me. Yeah. So, you know, I do this slap and I'm thinking, Oh Christ, this is not good. <laughs> and I mean, like the, the glaciers melting, like, like they were kind of like streams, like they had flow to them running <sighs> through the road. Yeah. And I mean, some of the puddles, Oh my gosh, like some of them, it's like, okay, I can't remember. How did I get across this time? Like, do I go this way? Do I go that way? So you would think you would remember every time, but all the puddles kind of looked the same. And it was like, which one is this? You know? <laughs> so I, uh, I was running on a bum foot and I tried changing my gait and there was no rhyme or reason to when it would shoot up this pain. Yeah. And my, t- I was hungry oh. and I was weak feeling and 
so weak. Like, you know, when you're just not all there, I had like, oh, probably like 500 calories worth of cliff little bits with me. Yeah. Why didn't yeah. I just eat them all? Like, like there was a chance that, you know, 15 minutes later, at least that hunger weak feeling would have been gone. Right. No, every three and a half kilometers, I took one. That was <laughs> Stephanie. And that's what I had in my head. Like, oh. like in hindsight, you're thinking, what was I thinking? Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was able to tap out after three laps. Oh. So that was the half. I can, these are true statements. I have run a race on all seven continents. Yes, you have. That is a true statement. <laughs> I have raised thousands of dollars at each of those races for <laughs> team diabetes. True statement. Am I a member of the seven continent club? No. Now the big question is, are you going back? So I've already set a budget for 2027. Yeah. I've already started budgeting. 2027. Um, in the meantime, yeah, I'll be 60. Oh. Whole new age group. Ah. <laughs> and I know what they did, what the 60-year-old did in that race. So I know what I need to do. <laughs> um, and in that time, I am going to pick up all the missing halves that I have. So I have Africa because we actually downgraded Africa in 18 oh. when we did the big five. That's why I had to go back to Uganda the following year. Right. If I drag Andrew to all these half marathons around the world by the time... 2027 comes and we do Antarctica. If he does the half, he will get his seven continent for the halves and I will do the full and I will have both the seven continent half and the seven continent fulls. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a smaller list. group of people. That's a smaller group. So, yeah. Are there any Canadians? I might, I might be the only female. Oh, yeah, for sure. In both? Definitely. Oh, not in both. Not in both. I, I'd have to check which ones are both. Yeah. I might be the only Canadian, maybe okay. the only female, but I'll take it. I'll take whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but when, sure. when you do this trip to Antarctica, can you do the half one day, then the full the next day to get it both done? Uh, today, this year, you couldn't. No, but could you? In, it was on the you, same day. Could you on a regular situation? I suppose you could. You could yeah. probably ask to do it. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting. And also, Andrew, uh, this would have been his second continent. The, uh, he has North America and Africa, so it would have been his third. His third. Wow, because he must be bummed with the fact that he would have got this one out of the way soon. <laughs> it would have been how you're, this is the, your last one, but this would have been yeah. one of his yeah. first ones. Yeah, because I think if anybody who wants he, to take he's on, not, anybody who wants to take this yeah, on, really I would figure do Antarctica it. first. My roommate, when I was in the room for my third room, my roommate it was her first first half ever wow it was antarctica are you serious <laughs> wow, right? there you go she, yeah. she, i think that's the and it strategy. was um, a toronto girl no way right wow now what advice would you have to anyone that's just considering the continent challenge what what would you uh say priority wise or whatever whatever comes to mind i would say why don't we have a huge Canadian group go in 2027? <laughs> <laughs> and the whole boat is Canadian? Yeah. That would be awesome. It is, you have to be flexible because mm. race day can be anything. For ours, it was a complete mud bath and you're obliged to stay on the path. Right. They, have, they actually have a bit of flora growing on the sides and, and to trample on it in a, an environment that it takes forever to grow in would be horrible. Mm. So they are super, um, firm. And plus the ability to have this marathon is based on the good behavior. Mm. A few years back, um, the, the crew do, do a cleanup. Mm. There was a, a paper wrapper that was floating around and it truly almost ended having a marathon on that continent. Wow. So it's mm. super serious. That's when that rule about, okay, <laughs> we can't have paper. You don't bring paper. Right. You can't bring tissues. You can't bring anything, even though that would be biodegradable. It's just you, you, what do they say? You leave footprints and take memories. 
right. don't take anything, you don't leave anything. Sounds like so any trail race. Their, their policy. It definitely, yeah, don't do road running if you're you're trying to do Antarctica. How many nationalities was there on the boat, do you think? I think ours was 25. Wow. That's incredible. That's amazing. 100, 170 people were on your boat yep. to run this race and 25? Wow. That's what they say. That might be it from the two voyages. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, certainly lots of uh, British. You know, there was an Estonian a few other european mexico like there was there was a good variety of people when i and checked, even the crew yeah go ahead all international all That's international awesome you know there are some norwegians some french some british some south african scottish yeah there was just a huge variety when i checked wikipedia today i was trying to find out how many people were in the club but i couldn't get the up-to-date version but there is a uh, ultra version of it now no. so, yeah so there's That's i think the ice marathon six people in the world have done an ultra in all seven continents cool interesting yeah. well it's just quite the experience just to get there just to get there what other reason would you want to just be there i guess to take in the environment but if you're going to be there why not oh, run a marathon <laughs> it's breathtakingly beautiful and oh my gosh the different icebergs it's amazing how different they all are mm. like it's 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 crazy um and the wildlife i mean we saw i mean if you look in the water for just a couple of minutes you will see penguins porpoising like a oh, you know wow. a handful of them yeah yeah like just there there it's it's just gonna happen if you look for a few minutes you that's what you'll see <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I think we took 75% of this conversation just, just discussing how you even got there and your experience with getting to Antarctica and the COVID mm. and everything. But wow, yeah. Stephanie, that's, that's incredible. Good for you guys. And I'm sorry for Andrew, but I think your plan for 2027 is pretty awesome too. The fact that you're not going to give up is you still want to get, <laughs> yeah. you still want to get to be part of the club. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only way I can I can accept this. So, and the one fun thing about the second voyage, the three of us, so me, Carl, and the photographer, we didn't have to quarantine. Yeah. So for for the first two and a half days, ever we had the whole ship to ourselves. Fun. So like every <laughs> crew member knew us. We had the dining room, like we had this big table that we sat at every meal alone. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, they they treated us very well, and I'm so <laughs> grateful that they they allowed me to, to do the second voyage. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can get it done. You sure will. We have faith in you. Hey, and if we're not busy. <laughs> 2027, start by today. And then maybe we can have a third podcast. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, do you remember how we end our podcast since you're our first repeat guest? Is it still the Australian? No, well, rapid Have fire. Changed it. Rapid fire. Okay. So I, I found some new questions for you. <laughs> Ready. All right. Now you'll have to think back because this is probably a couple years too. What's the last concert you went to? Jeez. Um, probably Tragically Hip. Okay. Oh, that's that's going back then. Well, that could have been five years ago. Was it five years ago? It was at um uh Fort. What's the Fort? Uh, in Toronto, Fort William, Fort York, maybe Fort right, York. At, right downtown Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. It was a stand up and I had a tall guy beside me that jumped up and banged my, his elbow on my head. It's like, I don't want to do stand up concerts anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're old when, <laughs> right. I just want to sit. <laughs> what is your worst habit? Worst habit. Cleaning my plate. Mm, okay. <laughs> And I mean, like licking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you must be a good cook. <laughs> okay, so this is a two-pronged question. Name a country that you really want to run a race in and one that you really don't want to run a race in. But to go see. But to go visit. Hmm. Well, I always love to visit England, but I don't know if I'd necessarily want to do a race there. And I want to do the New Zealand 
halfling half. <laughs> <laughs> so someone might have already been looking up half marathons around the world. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And since we've just had the Olympics, uh, what's your favorite winter sport to watch and favorite summer sport to watch? In the Olympics? In the Olympics. Hmm. Is cross-country skiing a, a sport? Yes. Clearly you didn't watch okay. the Olympics. It's on. It's on every day. Look of it. 24-7. I think I was, uh, but I think it was, um, well, it was away, wasn't it? No, it just ended so that's yesterday. That's why I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay. Oh, darn it. Favorite summer sport? Triathlons. Of course. Of course. Uh, what's your go-to food at an aid station? I like the gels. I never buy them otherwise, but I, I have them on races all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And last question. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to and why? I would... I'm not sure I would go back in time. No, no time travel. No, no. you wouldn't go back five Future. minutes. Sure. <laughs> or maybe go back in time to buy Apple stock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it could just be for five minutes. You don't have to stay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much, Stephanie. It was. Thank you very much. Thanks for uh, <laughs> our chapter two, our uh, fi final podcast getting <laughs> To the end of what happens well it's not the end she has yeah. to go back so yeah. we got to still be doing this in 2020 it continues <laughs> in five more years we'll be here we'll be here waiting for you <laughs> okay i'll report in <laughs> all right cheers okay take all care right. thanks steph bye bye, bye. Okay. well 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 <laughs> that is a story full of twists and turns that story alone was as long as the or first chat with her about all six continents that she did. <laughs> the seventh continent is as long. And we barely talked about the run. No, the basic of the run was didn't go as well, but she got the half marathon in. So that's one club. Yeah. So now she's going to try to become members of two clubs. <laughs> she's very, very determined. The, the determined runner. Uh, most people would have given up by now, but. Not Stephanie, and no. got to admire that. Yeah, you got to dream. You got to keep going. That's right. <laughs> That's what wow. gets you out the door, I suppose. Incredible. Well, we can't wait to hear what's happening in five years from now. <laughs> it's five years, right? It's five years. <laughs> okay, we'll be here, <laughs> and you'll be our first guest, January, February of twenty twenty-seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, that's it for now. All right. Until next time. Thanks Cheers. for listening. Bye. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotarunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotarunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca T-Y-L-E-R H-Y-R-C-H-U-K Gotta run!